0: with me in my foul life.
1: And we back, we back, we back, we back. What's up? Foul Life Podcast brought to you again by our friends Gerber Gear, Stay Sharp America. What y'all cutting on today? What you sawing on? What you using that hatchet or that axe for? You growing a garden? Are you cutting meat off the bone? Are you building a new dock for your boat for the summertime to do a little bit of that wake surfing Gerber gear is there for us keep safety at the forefront of your mind always be safe these edges are sharp we truly appreciate what Gerber does for our culture the culture of the American hunter the conservationist the provider. So y'all go out and support Gerber, get one of their knives right now. You will not be disappointed. We got us a cool episode today. Y'all seen episodes of The Foul Life, I think season 11. Yeah, season 11, I believe, maybe season 12. I don't even remember. We were in Paris, Texas, the Malacote family. We have some great partners down there in Bodyguard Bumpers. They got a subsidiary sister company called Batch Caps. And then the family has a waterfowl outfitting business. They have cattle, farming, ranching, you name it. The Malakotes do it. One of the founders, one of the four Malakote brothers is with us today. Jordan, what's up?
0: Oh, not much, man. Everything's going good on my end. How's it going? Oh, buddy. What's the temperature down in Texas like? Temperature uh, temperatures like mid-70s. It's pretty nice outside. Um, I wouldn't mind if it wouldn't quit raining, you know been ran seems like a month straight here
1: really we don't see any rain here we've had one day and i think the last 180 days really yeah
0: yeah first of May, it just set in and it hadn't stopped
1: so what i have never uh, seen it i didn't talk to you i mean i was i texted with you some during this last season during the covid did y'all have the covid in texas was it yes down sir there? it wasn't as
0: serious as like some other states but we had it around here some of our counties and stuff but Y'all Not are wide the open now, is, are you? Yeah, it, Texas is full-blown. Everybody's rolling and going. It's,
1: we just got wide open here. Really? So, with the season, how was it? I mean, was it – I heard around the country it was the same report. Ducks yeah. were sparse. They were insect you know, there was a couple times during the year where you'd get them good, but for the most part, was it
0: below average for y'all there too? I'll say one thing. Last year was just kind of a humbling season. It makes you – thankful for all the good seasons that you've had November I'll say November's the toughest we've probably ever seen it here since you know we grew up hunting um you know it kind of dove into December and January and you know it was good to us uh, kill a lot of ducks so it got better as you got later yes sir after that first split man flipped the last switch on and we started killing ducks November uh, you know it was just so hot and had to reverse migrations and it was just hard to get a pinpoint on them but we we struggled but we managed to get a few
1: what were you killing them in you know when you were getting them was it in the corn or was it in your buck brush or was it pretty much any anywhere you could find them
0: you talking about november or in december yeah. and january where did they get
1: in there early Early. Where do they get in there? Maybe December. Maybe December. Like when they start getting in there, and you guys start killing them. Is it, is it is it because the temperatures dropping, and they need your corn? Is it because they're looking for some security in the buckbrush? Why why'd y'all all of a sudden start getting them? Did you get a big push out of we Oklahoma, a out big, of Kansas? That's or something?
0: the thing. We just got a big push, and the, the birds finally, you know, found our stuff. We were killing them in flooded corn um, mid December. We started killing quite a few in the timber. January killed a lot of birds in the timber. Um November we were killing them on cattle ponds and you know this this irrigation lake, stuff like that. A few timber, not excuse me, not timber, but a few corn sloughs, but it was just so hot they didn't need to need all that, that energy, I guess. From well, the let's corn. talk
1: about the operation for a minute. Um as the the name starts to grow, as the brand starts to grow, are you starting to see your reach outside of the Texas state lines? Are you guys hosting hunters from other states, Oklahoma, I assume, maybe Kansas?
0: Um, are you starting to see some growth countrywide? Yes, sir. a uh, matter of fact, we've got a group of five guys that come from uh, Alaska. They've been hunting with us. This will be our third year hunting with us. So we, we see people from Ohio, California, uh, Tennessee, just a lot of different states. So we, I would say we have a lot of local guys, um, Dallas area, stuff like that, but a lot of people out of state that are, that are home with us. And do you
1: kind of look at that as, man, if we're not having a very good season, like the season last year started off, do you find yourself scouring and trying to figure out do we bring them in? Do most of them say, "Hey, we're coming, no matter what." The hospitality's there, the food's there. I know y'all. We're going to talk about your new cabin, your new lodging. Um, how do you? How does an outfitter like you? What's your mindset with your brothers when you know it's not going to be good? Because that does happen. You just don't have them. The weather's not good. It's too hot. It's overcast every day. You're not getting the sunshine. What? How do you feel about that?
0: We try to take it on the other end of the spectrum. You know, we've been in. The other guy, she was going hunting with outfitters and stuff like that. When we started this business, we started because we, lo- we love duck hunting. Um, we don't do it for the money. That's just kind of a bonus. So times get tough. You know, you can't control weather. Um, first thing we do is just get on the phone and, you know, let everybody know, hey, man, times are tough. Um, come at your own risk. If you want to come hunt, you know, we'll do everything we can to, you know, try to be successful, but. And at the end of the day, you got to rely on mother nature
1: where where so is just parent- be okay. very
0: very upfront, and honest with people, you know I think people appreciate that, and you know they'll come rebook with you.
1: yeah, transparency's key transparency being open being honest with them and saying hey look uh, i know y'all been looking forward to this hunt for a year because a lot of guys are booking their hunts out a year in advance they plan for these trips they got money invested in it now they got to take time off of work now they got to drive or fly in it's a lot of work to go on a guided hunt once you get there it's unbelievable right so you right. know transparency and if they know what they're getting into that it might not be the world's best hunting then you know you're done your job to at least be upfront and honest with them right right where and is I'm gonna par- say- Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead, man.
0: No, you go ahead. I was going to say, you know, probably half the people that you call, you know, they'll probably come hunt anyways. They, Like you said, they've already took time away from work, and they just want to get away from, with, you know, their buddies and stuff and have a good time. Where is Paris, Texas? Paris is an hour and a half east of Dallas.
1: So, is that considered north? East Kansas is that? Or I mean, Northeast Texas is that Eastern Texas? Yes,
0: sir. Northeast Texas, we're right on the uh, Red River Valley. So y'all are east of, te- of Dallas. East of Dallas and west of Texarkana, about two hours. West of Texarkana, two hours. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Tyler, Tyler is about an hour and a half southeast of Tiger Town. So, and kind of a your location.
1: What is the significance of Tyler, Texas?
0: Uh, as is that kind of a, a landmark? For, is
1: that kind of a landmark for people?
0: Like, yes, is sir, that like Tyler, a nerd city? Tyler is a big hub area. Um, I guess it's probably about the same size as the metroplex in Dallas. Maybe not quite as big, but most people know where Tyler is if really? you're from Texas. Is, yes, there hunt,
1: is there hunting around Tyler?
0: Yeah, um, we've actually got a lot of guys, Tyler Longview area that come up there and hunt with us, and they say. You know, 10, 15 years, it was, you know, great hunting down there. This flyways change and weather and stuff like that. So they said last few years it hadn't been that great. So a lot of them have been coming up here and hunting, you know, with us right here in Parish. So they've they've killed a lot of birds in the past and still do, but they just said, you know, it ain't like it once was.
1: What What is the reason when i was there there wasn't a lot of geese around is it just not a goosey area paris and that flyway you're talking about y'all are mainly ducks right
0: mainly ducks um for some reason you got the red river north of us there's some guys that we're friends with that kill them right there across the river from us but it's like the river is like a dan ed run from they don't really pass it right here where we're at
1: and what is the agriculture? A lot, you know. What is is? It, there's not a lot of corn in the
0: area, is it? Uh, I would say mostly we're wheat country. There's there's quite a bit of corn, but most of it's wheat. So I don't know what aspect that plays on the geese, but we just never really had them right here.
1: Do the ducks ever get in that dry those dry fields and and dry feed at all in that part of the country?
0: Very rarely, but I have seen them. If it's real cold, if you get some snow or something like that, I've seen them feed in those, in those dry fields, but typically they need water down here uh, when they reach our area. So that so it's mainly water hunting? Mainly water. I would say 95% water. We'll kill them on some sheet water, you know, if we get a big rain or something like that, but 95% of the time we're hunting waders uh and sleuths and stuff like that.
1: So let me ask you this, Jordan Malico. If you say you guys have a successful dirt moving business, you have a successful cattle operation, your family's very business oriented, entrepreneurial spirit of America, and you uh, you made the statement yourself that you don't do this for the money, you have a great area there. Why would you put the pressure on yourself and your brothers to want to show other people the, I, I understand it could be majestic this is a beautiful part of the country in texas but why if you don't need the money why would you want a bunch of strangers coming into that area and hunting your holes and killing your ducks and taking up your time if the money doesn't matter
0: you know we love meeting meeting people and getting to know a lot of people um you know there's only so many ducks that we can kill ourselves so when we started doing it getting, get bought the first dozer and built the first slough, you know, that just led to another thing, but keep building habitat, you know, at a certain time, you know, you got to either start leasing stuff out or doing something to get some kind of income back to pay for all your overhead that you've done. And so, man, we just enjoy building habitat, kind of, kind of growing the Red River Valley as a duck area and, Let's enjoy doing it. So, so
1: what, give me a rundown of how most of your clientele experiences MF waterfowl. Are, is it safe to say that a, a, a bigger percentage – of your clientele is coming from the metroplex and the dallas area are you getting the business from that area businessmen or corporate accounts you guys are marketing to that area more so than you know uh, from different states i know as the brand continues to grow other people from around the country are going to want to come but right now it's safe to say that most of it comes from texas right
0: yes sir i would say 75 percent of our business comes from texas
1: so how does that business go they get in their car on a is it a three-day package they come up on a thursday night hunt friday saturday sunday how many days a week are you offering hunts how many groups a week are you hunting with and taking out and give me a rundown of what what we can or you just answer that first and i'll and i'll uh, i'll come back at you with another one
0: um as of right now we're just doing day hunts you know somebody can book with us hunt for a day they can book friday saturday and sunday they can come during a week um, and hunt Tuesdays, Wednesdays. We'll kind of accommodate any kind of package that, you know, somebody wants to do with us.
1: So it could be more in a three day package.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. S- so they we've drive- got, we've got a group of uh, guys from Ohio. They come and hunt for a full week. Really? Yes, sir. So how do you market to a group from Ohio? They found us on Facebook, I believe. Really? It's kind of a small world. I'm not sure how they found. Exactly, but I I think Facebook.
1: Like a few years ago? I guess two years ago. So a guy gets in his truck, he's got his group. They head north, they head east, whatever direction they're coming from. They pull in to Paris, Texas. Paris. What can we expect? Is it good food or there restaurants around Do you, the lodging now talk to me about the new cabin are you doing food at restaurants i know we ate at a fish house one night i know that we ate at a steakhouse one night are you doing that still or are you are you su- providing food and lodging
0: now because i know you have a new lodge correct yes sir we've we've got a new lodge Um, right now we're not doing the food aspect of it if a group comes in and wants to hunt with us we can you know, offer. So right now we've got three different lodges, so they can book our newest lodge and have it all to themselves, or book one of the older lodges. You know, everybody has their own lodge to themselves. They can bring whatever food in, and you know, we've got we're lucky we have a couple of trigger grills out there. They can grill and do whatever they so choose. And uh, and also Paris is less than twenty minutes, so they can go hit up the fish fryer or. Chili's or there's a there's a, several good restaurants so meals aren't
1: provided in the packages there you're on your own hit the grocery no, sir. store no, sir. cook on your Traegers at your cabin yes
0: sir yes sir
1: so now are you are you you know the hospitality when we were there was unbelievable um are you doing that with most of your groups is you know that's part of outfitting to where you're like They've been looking forward to coming for a year, and they're ready to roll. They want to drink some beers. They want to ha- have some steaks. Um, right. It could be early mornings and late nights in duck camp. It's hard oh, yeah. as an outfitter because you got to focus on business and your family, but you also want to keep the clientele happen, how, are happy. How do you find balance in that?
0: Uh, man, if somebody takes time and out of their schedule and spends their hard-earned money, I want to treat everybody like they've been our friends for forever, so no matter how tired we are, we got to make sure that we interact with every group and you know, feel them like, make them feel like they're at home. So you know there's times that we want to go back home and see our family, but at the same time, you got to make sure you take care of everybody.
1: And what's uh what's a normal a normal day like? You hunt in the morning. Hunt in the afternoon. If yes, you don't sir. get them in the morning, do you have to quit by a certain time? Do you make that, you know, like that's mandatory for the for the outfitting service? Like we're done no matter what by noon. How's the day go?
0: Right. So we meet at the Tigertown store at, I want to say, like 5.15 in the morning. Everybody will show up. We'll sign, we'll sign waivers. Uh, everybody will meet their dad and see exactly where they're going. One group rolls out. Another group rolls out and they go to their sloughs, hunt. Hopefully they're done by eight, nine o'clock, but if it's a slow morning, we'll stay there till ten thirty eleven. 30, um, 11. We try not to hunt past 11. That way we'll get some of those late mallards and stuff coming back where they have time to rest and not get beat around all day.
1: And what is the, what is the, after the ducks are killed, Got clients go back to the the cabin, the clubhouse. They're cleaning their own birds. There are they packaging them up to drive home with them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a big deal. If it's a three day hunt and you're got, you know, you got a right. three day possession limit, do a lot of the clients eat them when they kill them that day? Are they getting pretty creative with the recipes?
0: Yes, sir. Um, last year, I don't think anybody left their ducks with us. Everybody took their their ducks home and um, and done that. So. Uh, but part of kind of our package um, is after we kill the ducks, we'll roll back in um, and clean them for them, bag them up, get them all tagged and, and do that, get them all ready to go back to their cabin or uh, that sort of deal, and then kind of get ready for the next morning and do it all over again. Do you
1: get fired up seeing how many ducks – can die in a given season and i know it's in the thousands with as many hunters as y'all are running does it still get you excited are you losing your love at all for it now that you've made it a career and a job
0: no if anything it's an addi- addiction we're just kind of tipping the iceberg uh i i enjoy waterfowl hunting more today than i did when i started as a little kid so really why the love is still there and is growing why I think part of the process that I enjoy most is, like I say, building habitat. I like to see stuff start from scratch and bloom and, you know, take flight. So once I can get a group of hunters in and say a little kid or something like that, that's never killed a duck or take a woman on their first hunt, once they can come in and kill some ducks and I can see the excitement on their face, it's just got me fired up and I'm ready to go to the next day. So it's a year, a year round love for me. Um, takes a lot of work to make this operation go, but, um, I could never see myself giving it up.
1: Really? Like the old lady says, Hey, uh, got another kid on the way, Jordan, not going to let you get out in the field as much. I mean, maybe one day a week, does she go yeah. or does duck season go? Um, <laughs> I'm hoping she's not Dang, within an ear. You put digits. me in a lose lose situation.
0: <laughs> she, I would yeah. probably go about it as, honey, we're going to have to buy a nanny or hire a nanny because <laughs> hey, someone's got to run this deal.
1: The duck hunting's too special, isn't it? I know how important family is, but man, right. duck, hunt, duck hunting's hard to give up.
0: Like I said, I couldn't imagine not getting to wake up and go duck hunting.
1: Does any other hunting do it for you—turkeys or deer or pigs—or I mean, y'all are in the land of a lot of different hunting down there. Does any thing get you excited like ducks do?
0: I love hunting turkeys, deer, uh, elk. I love fishing, but no, honestly, nothing gets me fired up like like duck hunting does.
1: What is it about? What is it? But I know the camaraderie is there the blind the friends the talking you don't have to be quiet per se like you do on a duck duck hunt or a, or a turkey hunt or a deer hunt or an elk hunt but what is it about the abs- the actual hunt like in in the mix like they're in the sky and you're trying to get them to the decoys what do you love about it
0: i would say camaraderie first i love being with good people you know cutting up having a good time and I just love interaction with the ducks. Like a mallard, you can't interact with any other kind of duck as much as you can a mallard. So once you can get get a duck to, you know, fall in your hole, there's just nothing like it. Seeing seeing a mallard backpedal in the decoys, uh, man, they just don't get no better than that. And how are you
1: talking to these ducks, Jordan Malico? What are you saying to them? And what are you using?
0: Down here, I would say most most time we're rolling the uh, jargon small talks. You like the that's small a, talk, huh? Man, that's a good call. They are – you got you you can guys get low, so, you can get loud, mid-range is there. You can just – you can run that call from the first day of season to the last.
1: Y'all, we made some up for you with your guys' logo
0: on them. Did the clients they like They turned them? out really good, really Cli- good. Clients were digging them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people that have never blown a duck call or anything like that, they just want them because they look cool. And y'all did a really good job on them. They look, they look good.
1: Um, they sound so good, don't they?
0: Oh, yeah. That's they got the duckiest, duckiest sound I've, I've heard. Um, what Have you used the loudmouth at all? We've used it a little, but uh, last year was the first year that we had it that we ran – and we battled like no winds and uh, this really bad, bad weather um, most of the season. So we really couldn't get real loud and down on uh, those calls. We had to kind of sweet talk them with the small talks. Really? Right. Do you, do you, uh,
1: kind of read the ducks that day and kind of know what they want as an outfitter because sometimes your ducks can get stale. You got to know when there might be right. a North wind and bring new ducks in the area. Or are you one of those duck hunters that like, Hey, look, I'm talking to them no
0: matter what. No, I like to kind of play it by ear, you know, let them do their thing a pass or two. And usually you can kind of judge their body language pretty quick and know if they want it or if they just kind of want to be subtly talked to or, that kind of deal. I did. Every day is different. That's another thing I like about duck hunting. There's no two days the same.
1: Really. It. Uh, what about. What about when you're calling it mallards and you see. You know. Let's go over the species that are in that area. Lots of different species. You have an opportunity for. A lot of different puddle ducks. Maybe an occasional diver. But what are your main species you're targeting?
0: Uh, mallards, pintails, uh, green wing teal, gadwalls. Uh, you have a few shovelers, um, a few redheads, a few camas backs. Um, I guess that's about it. I mean, there's a big, a big, uh, diversity of ducks here. Is it mainly mallards though? Mainly, I would say a lot of, we kill, I would say half our ducks are mallards. That'd be pretty safe to say.
1: So, you know, this being a podcast and we're highlighting the outfitting, business of malacoat farms i wanted to do kind of like a going into this summer and people are thinking about booking a hunt what do you want them to know what do you want the people to know like i want to give them like why come hunt with Malicote farms i can sit here and say you know the family's great the atmosphere is great fun cutting up having a cocktail having a cold beer having a coca-cola classic having a steak off the traeger we cooked up our ducks down there and they were unbelievable we did a a bunch of different recipes the duck hunting was awesome the the environment's cool you got timber you got buck brush you got corn there's all sorts of different locations and habitat that you're going to be hunting in um you know i can validate the fact that it's a great place to hunt ducks it's Just neat knowing that you're in the state of Texas chasing waterfowl. There's lots of great areas, Haskell County and used to be Katy, Texas for the snow geese. And you got Galveston and Cast and Blast and all of these different areas along the coast. This is Paris, Texas. This is a a, a different area. The Red River Valley is beautiful. I'm giving you the two thumbs up, but your family's there. Your family name's on that place. Before we end this, Jordan, talk to me about what can people expect? What do they have to look forward to coming for the 2021-22 season? Talk to me a little bit about what you want to tell your potential customer base.
0: I would just say, um, you know, we spend nine months out of the year just preparing for those three months of duck season. So the preparation, the time, the work has went into each upcoming season. Um, you know, like I said, I've been on your side of the table. You're spending your hard work, hard earned money and, uh, your time. Um, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that you come on a enjoyable, um, and good hunt. And if it's a bad hunt, we're going to make it right. Um, one way or another. So we're going to do whatever it takes to make it an enjoyable time for you so you're Everybody's. saying right
1: now you and your brothers are working the land right now you're farming you're cultivating you're planting habitat you're you might yes, be sir. you might be putting trees in for a future hole you guys are building habitat for migrating ducks both coming down the flyway to texas and returning back up the flyway to mate and breed and getting some nutrition and some calories in their body because of your hard work as farmers and and, and stewards of the land
0: correct yes sir yes sir
1: and do you, do you base the success of Malicote Farms outfitting and duck hunting on these efforts that are taking place in the off season? Yes, sir, I do. 100%. Like 100%. And are you and your brothers doing all this farming together too?
0: Yes, sir. I guess we do just about everything uh, together. We probably see each other more than we do our wives. Who's the
1: best duck hunter out of all of them?
0: Uh got to pick one. This depends on which day of the week it is. We're we're all good duck hunters. We've been doing it ever since we were teenagers and uh in grade school, so I would say everybody's kind of on the same playing field.
1: Who is the best at karaoke and George Strait, the king of country music from
0: Texas? Definitely not me. I'm not a singer. My wife is, but I I can I can't sing.
1: Bring her over there real quick. Where is she? <laughs> come here girl hey Shelby come here miss come here miss Shelby
0: she's uh she's putting badge caps together hold on she's
1: Shelby coming. y'all are selling badge caps selling bumpers killing cattle killing ducks trying to do a little bit of everything Shelby where is she oh she's coming I hear the pitter patter what's up
2: what's up
1: so your husband just informed the audience that you can sing a little George Strait
2: no. Come on. Definitely not. I That's mean, not right. I,
0: Whenever she's in the shower at night, I can hear from the, the <laughs> living room. I'll start it. Well, yeah. excuse me,
1: but I think you've got my chair. Take it. No, I can't. Amarillo by morning. Come on. Up no, from no. San Antonio. I'm,
2: I'm not going to sing in front of a bunch of people. What? I let's, sing by myself in my car. It's
1: just chair. No, this how, is going to
2: be a bunch of people.
1: How about my favorite George Strait of all time, "Miss Shelby Run"? Take it. Th- you won't do that one for me.
2: No, I'm so sorry. I
1: can't. What about check yes or no?
2: I'm, not, I'm just not going to sing. Any I'm not
1: going to get you at all,
2: huh? No. You see what I got <laughs> to put up not. with.
1: <laughs> well, I've, she's very strong-willed. I know. I thought I could talk her in. What if we had one or two beers, went to a karaoke bar? Would you get after it?
2: You'd have a lot better chance. <laughs> a
1: lot better chance? You yes. Just, what if somebody hears you on here, and they're like, we need to get that woman, that Shelby, a record deal?
2: I promise you I'm not that good.
1: I bet you sing like Miranda He's Lambert. He's just being real nice. What about Miranda Lambert? She's from your home state.
2: I, I know, but I sing just— Can a little I kerosene? Can't... No. Mm-mm.
1: I think that we try to take your singing ability and your talents and we put this into the Malaco Farms Waterfowl Outfitting (laughs) packages as part of the package to where the customers and clients get a Shelby concert one out of the three nights they're there. So if you have a hundred groups come in, that's going to be a (laughs) hundred nights of singing. And
2: they they wouldn't come back.
1: (laughs) I think they would. I think that it would be awesome to hear you sing. Are you sure I can't talk you into it?
2: I am 100% sure. Why? <laughs> because Jordan? I'm not that good.
1: Oh, Jordan said you were.
2: just being sang. sweet.
1: How did I sound?
2: You sounded great.
1: Did I really? I sound like the kid? 10
2: out of 10. 10 Dude. out of 10? <sighs> yeah.
1: I'll say you're better than Clay. My brother? Yeah. He can pick a guitar, but he's a terrible singer.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on, Shelby. Give me a little George Strait.
2: Oh, no. Mm-mm. Nope.
1: Fine, fine. I'm coming down there to know. see you pretty soon.
2: I know. I'm
1: coming. When are we there? We're in December. We're going to have a good time in December. Oh yes, a big time. Yeah, y'all coming?
0: To- you are coming from the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. Yeah, we'll see you in August. That's uh, August 13th, I believe. Yeah,
1: August 13th is right around the corner. We're gonna, we got to hit Billy Bob's up one night during the tech.
0: The yeah, trophy Hunters, right? Maybe maybe Shelby can get the karaoke at Billy Bob's. Well, yeah,
1: we need to figure out if there's going to be a concert at Billy Bob's during that time. Does the Texas Trophy Hunter do they bring in a concert? I don't think so. How do so. they not in Texas? I don't know. I mean, they got to get Cody James up
2: there. I bet there's a concert at Billy Bob's
0: though. There all- We'll find one somewhere, oh, yeah. but Medicine we have Bethesda to Stray we have to get it. on it
1: quick because with the COVID laying down, people are like itching, so they're like buying tickets as soon as they go on sale. So we might ought to look pretty soon and see if that August 13th time frame is getting booked up and figure out who's playing. Maybe it'll be John Party. Do you know any John Party songs, Shelby? I got a little dirt on my boots. Come on.
2: No, I can't. Working
1: on the night shift. Let me keep going. I know (laughs) them all. Come on, let me hear one. Uh uh. Come on, let me hear head over boots.
2: Maybe if we go to
1: Billy Bobs. I love Billy Bobs. Then I love I. the stock. I love the stock. I love Texas. I love the stockyards. I like yes. Dallas. You know who I had on here the other day was Travis Tritt. And oh, really? Uh, really? And, and he uh, talked to, we talked about NRA in Dallas in 2018. I was there and we talked about when he opened up for Charlie Daniels, who passed away last year. And we had a great conversation. That that uh, Dallas trip was awesome. Travis loves or uh, Travis Tritt loves Texas too. Who doesn't love Texas? It's a great state to be in. That's why people should go hunting with MF Farms, MF Waterfowl, MF the family of business owners. <laughs> Call us whatever you want to. Call us whatever you want to. Malicote. Now coming to the stage, put your hands together from Paris, Texas, straight out of Tiger Town, Shelby Lynn Malicote. I just guessed your middle name because Lynn goes with Shelby. Is that it? No, it's not. What is it?
2: Sorry.
1: What is it? Sorry. It's Renee. Shelby Renee Malicote singing her number <laughs> one hit, "The House That Built Me," a duet no. with Miranda Lambert. Come on, no. come on.
2: No. Damn I'm it! Not.
1: I give up. <laughs> Uh, they say that I could sell ice to a Eskimo (laughs) or I could sell ketchup to a woman wearing white gloves and I I can't break this one, Jordan. I can't get it. I'm telling you, she's, she's a tough one. (laughs) She's tough. Shelby, let's end our conversation by this. What are we going to cook together when I come down there? What's on the menu this time? I know we're going to have to go to the fish house one night, but what are we going to throw down together on, on the Traeger grills?
2: Oh, probably some duck, because that's by far, the last time y'all came, that's the best I've ever had. And that macaroni and cheese
0: oh, that, that Clay
2: made on the Traeger was so good. We actually made that a couple weekends ago.
0: It wasn't near as good as you as macaroni, but it was,
2: yeah. it, was, it was good.
0: I'll text you the recipe
1: we use, and if you just follow it to a T, it turns out the same every time. It's all about the liquid. You can't put yeah. too much liquid in there. You got to let it dry out a little bit. That's an awesome recipe. Oh yeah! So we're gonna cook duck. We're gonna cook macaroni and cheese. What's Texas known for besides barbecue? Mm. We gotta have some Texas barbecue when we're there. Huh? Is there a good barbecue joint in uh, Tiger Town or in or I mean uh, Paris?
0: Yeah, you got a in
2: Paris. There
0: is Shovel's Barbecue. It's uh, it's been around for a long time. It's a good place. I love barbecue. Got yeah, really good brisket. Maybe we make our really own good. brisket. I'll have
1: some flown in from our beef company, or you guys kill some off one of your steer, and we'll make our own brisket one day and let it let it cook all day while we're hunting. Yeah. are we going to swing dance at billy bob shelby are you going to swing dance with my brother he's pretty much a professional is he going to be allowed to take you on that honky tonk wooden floor with the jukebox 100%. going okay what song 100%. will we be listening to on the swing dancing
2: i don't know it depends on who's there
1: okay what if it's this song i went down to the grundy county auction I saw something I just had to have. My mind told me I should proceed with caution. But my heart said, go ahead and make a bid on that. And I said, hey, pretty lady, won't you give me a sign? I'd give anything to make you mine, on mine. Take it, Shelby.
2: Oh, no. I'll do your
1: bidding and be at your beck and (laughs) call. I've never seen anyone looking so fine, man. I got to have her. She's a one of a kind. I'm going once, going twice. Take it, Shelby. I'm sold to the lady in the second row. (laughs) She's an eight. She's a nine. She's a 10. I know she's got ruby red lips, blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm about to bit. Take it Shelby. Nope. My heart. Goodbye. (laughs) Dang it. I couldn't even trick you on a little John Michael Montgomery. We're going to have to find the right swing dancing song.
0: I promise she'll dance to that one though. No,
1: Uh, no. she may not sing it, but I love, I love the Grundy County auction. (laughs) all right malicoats i tried to get shelby to sing she did let us know what we're going to cook together skin on mallard ducks maybe some sprig we will throw down on the ducks on the traeger with some mac and cheese and some vegetable mm-hmm. um it's going to be a big time i'm looking forward to it what's the website
0: uh just what is it
2: we don't have a website but it's just our instagram is at mf waterfowl
1: is are we booking hunts through instagram
2: you can uh, send a message.
1: You can send yeah, a you can, message. You can DMs on uh,
0: Facebook or Instagram. The reasoning
1: behind not having a website in 2021 is what?
0: <laughs> we will. We're working on it. It's blame I, it on COVID. We'll have. A I website. thought things
1: were bigger in Texas. Y'all should have a big website. Like it could. Hey, word of,
0: hey, the, word of mouth is big in Texas.
1: Oh, I bet. But MFWaterfowl.com, you click on it. And as soon as you click on it, Shelby's face pops up like 3D <laughs> animated character. And she's swing dancing and singing a song.
0: Hey, we'll book out in 24 hours if we 24 get
1: a face 24-7. Shelbo. Oh, yeah. Shelbo, we got to start singing to the people, man. They deserve to hear that voice. Maybe next time. Do you ever get tired of hearing that, Shelbo? Oh, yes. You do, huh? I bet your husband wears you out.
2: Jordan, the there's something
1: about that duck call that offends a woman's ears, according to Phil Robertson.
0: <laughs> they don't matter if it's a turkey call, whatever. They're gonna, they're gonna they get about pissed. it. Okay, to end the podcast. What's funny is my kids—they see me blowing the duck call, and they'll run around the living room blowing the calls too. And so she can't just get mad at me now. She it's, can't just it's get a mad. mad deal. Yep,
1: we're gonna go out. We always go out with 2 a.m. Logic, "My Foul Life," which is a great song. In case you haven't heard it shelby um we're gonna go out with you singing a song today though i get to pick it and um or do you want to pick it shelby you have to end oh, no, the podcast in a with song. a song you have to end the podcast with a song
2: you all can sing all
1: my exes live in texas <laughs> that's why i reside in tennessee take it uh-uh. come on
2: not happening not happening
1: how about a jerry jeff walker song that i don't remember who wrote it but it's does I it make really... you want to dance how about ray wiley hubbard that's a texas icon up against the wall redneck mother you don't know that one either all
2: of these songs but i just cannot sing them. i bet you they have something to, to do shelby
1: and you're not leaving this podcast until you sing <laughs> Here, Shelby, go back no, to the... I'll
2: just walk, walk back off <laughs> <I'll>, the screen.
0: <laughs> I'll
1: just Shelby, it's so good to see you. Thank you for taking care of Jordan. Thank you for keeping everything going. The brothers, the wives, all the support. Kelly, Grant, Bodyguard Bumpers, Badge Caps, NF Waterfowl, Paris, Texas, Tiger Town, Texas, USA. Book a hunt at MF Waterfowl on Instagram. You can check us out at the Fowl Life com or at the foul life tv if you have any questions about NF Waterfowl hit us up they got a badass operation going down there just don't ask Shelby to sing she'll walk <laughs> out the room like she's about to do on me right now thank y'all for the downloads the subscriptions the listening tom Jake hit that button this is 2 a.m logic the song is called my foul life